This is the Winnipeg Crime Stoppers podcast. See something, say something. Winnipeg Crime Stoppers. A podcast where we discuss crime prevention, awareness, our community involvement, those who are wanted, and unsolved crimes. One of the biggest misconceptions that I always run into when I'm talking to people about the program is that I have to explain to them that it's not a police program. And that's where you get that anonymity from. So, And then, of course, the next thing they want to know is, well, how do I get the cash without being identified, right? So that's another big thing. And you're going to these businesses, and these businesses have very little knowledge or very little involvement in what's going on other than somebody's going to come here and they're going to give you this number and you're going to give them that envelope. So us as the program do not want to know who you are. We want to maintain that anonymity. My name is Shalinda Kirby and I'll be your host as we dive into why we created this podcast. Welcome to episode one, who and what. Let's jump into who we are and by who I mean Winnipeg Crime Stoppers. The Crime Stoppers program is probably best known for its crime reenactments that have been seen on TV or heard on the radio. You may have even seen the logo on the back of a police car or in the news. But how did it all begin? The Crime Stoppers program was launched in 1976 by a detective in Albuquerque, New Mexico, who was concerned about the growing number of unsolved cases. He was particularly frustrated that all possible leads had been exhausted regarding the murder of a young college student. He felt that information that would solve this crime was available from somebody other than the criminal. Members of the local community and media came together to provide crime-solving assistance to law enforcement, and the first Crime Stoppers program was born. A cash reward was offered to individuals that provided anonymous tips to Crime Stoppers with information that would lead to the arrest of the person or persons responsible for the crime. The local media in Albuquerque, New Mexico, publicized the first crime of the week in the newspaper, along with a phone number to call with the information. And within 72 hours, a call received by the program resulted in the arrest of three men who had been involved in the homicide of the young college student. Today, there are Crime Stoppers programs all over the world, but it was in 1984 that Winnipeg launched their very own. We're a community-based program run by a volunteer board of directors, and that's where I come in. Not only am I the host of this podcast, but I'm also a board member with Winnipeg Crime Stoppers. You might also recognize my voice from Winnipeg Radio. I've been involved with the Crime Stoppers program, though, for 12 years, both in Winnipeg and Alberta. I'm not alone in this episode either. I'm joined by a couple of voices that you'll get to know listening to this podcast. First up, Vice Chair of Winnipeg Crime Stoppers, Rob McKenzie. My name is Rob McKenzie. been with Crime Stoppers since uh, around 2017. Uh, always been interested in the program and always known people that have been involved in the program. For me, it was community support and community engagement and really looking for something that I, I can give back to the community and do some volunteering. And, you know, one of the things that I've always felt is if, you know, every single person just did one little thing every once in a while for their community, whether it be picking up some trash or, you know, stopping and, and just cleaning up an area, 
So Crime Stoppers gave me an opportunity to, to give back to the community and make an impact. In my professional career, I'm a security professional, so I deal with a lot of crime and, and crime prevention and crime solving. So the two, the two seemed like a perfect marriage. So when the opportunity came up to learn more about the program and jump on the board, I took a, took a good leap at it and learned a lot and made a lot of new friends and a lot of new experiences and getting out into the community and meeting people and hearing their stories and how the program has positively impacted them and solved situations for them and given them an opportunity to voice their concerns that they see in their neighborhood is, is a very, very rich and rewarding feeling. So it's, it's something that I'm very passionate about and, and something that I very much enjoy doing. Some of the things I do for Winnipeg Crime Stoppers, other than providing you know, direction and input to the day-to-day operations and decision-making, uh, volunteering to engage at community events and help spread awareness about the program, such as you know, festivals and Canada Day celebrations and things of that nature. Uh, also monitoring the social media and posting to social media and having that, that engagement with the next generation and, and looking to communicate the program to the next generation and let them know that that program is available for them as, as an opportunity is something that uh, I, I find a challenge and that I look forward to, to solving that puzzle and just keep moving the program in a new direction and looking for new ways to expand it and grow it and keep it going in the right direction. Next up from the Winnipeg Police Service, Constable Doug Singleton, who is the police coordinator for Winnipeg Crime Stoppers. Again, I'm Constable Doug Singleton, Winnipeg Police Service uh, Police Coordinator for Winnipeg Crime Stoppers. I've been an officer of both the Winnipeg Police Service for 21, almost 21 years now. Before coming to the Crime Stoppers unit, I spent uh, 11 years doing forensics within the Winnipeg Police Service, and now I am the coordinator. Two of the main uh, jobs that I have within this unit are to review and to obtain tips from citizens that get forwarded to investigative units. And I also act as a bit of a uh, conduit between the Winnipeg Police Service and the Winnipeg Crime Stoppers uh, board. Now that you know who we are, let's move on to what we are. Crime Stoppers is a nonprofit organization that's registered with the CRA and all of the money that sits in the bank account comes from donations. All of our funding returns back to the program. So every, everything that we raise is accounted for by a separate accountant. All of our money comes through donations and government grants. We use those, uh, those monies that come in from donation and government grants for the various programs, such as the, th- the giveaways that we do at uh, our various shows. So the whistles were a really big hit with the crowd. You carry the whistle on you for protection, blow the whistle if you get into trouble. It's got our phone number on it, little things like that. Uh, probably one of our greatest expenses is obviously the reward program, so paying out those rewards. So through the continued support of generous donations through both private citizens as well as corporations, we're able to maintain a fund in which we can draw upon to pay those rewards. So when we get those tips, we have that money available to speedily make those payments out. And that's what keeps the program alive and, and what keeps the tips coming in. So since we are a registered charitable organization, we can issue a tax receipt 
which we would be eligible for percentage of a refund during tax time. So it's it's really a win-win when you're making those donations, being able to to really do something as a private citizen or a corporation to really help fight crime and stop crime in your community. The program is ran by volunteers that are not paid. Crime Stoppers is not the police. When you contact them, they don't ask your name or contact information. It really is 100% anonymous. So basically, we have absolutely no way of tracking who is calling us or who is sending us these tips digitally. Um, I don't want to know. And we tell people that on the phone because sometimes we actually get people who will start off with I am and we'll stop them right away. We don't want to know who you are. We don't know. We don't have a way of tracking your phone number. We just want to get that information from you that you wanted to give to us and then put it in a form that we can then forward to investigators. Quite often, it's going to be going to a specialty unit. We can get that information to those investigators. Hopefully, they are able to act upon that in an expedited sort of manner and make an arrest or a seizure or conclude their investigation in some manner or another. We then take that information that, yes, this particular tip has been successful. It's yielded seizures, arrests, um, whatnot. And then that information is edited to make sure that there's absolutely nothing that can identify the tipster to the board and we provide the board with the very basic outline of what the tip was, where it went and what the result of that particular tip was. I can't um, emphasize enough that the, the anonymity of this particular program is huge. We get all kinds of people giving us all kinds of tips. I couldn't even tell you if it's you know what kind of per- where you live or anything and if there's a, if it comes in digitally and there is some sort of form of identification that we think that you know what if we forward this tip and and it's got all this information we remove that information from the tip we have a way of editing out that information if we get a tip that has too much identifying information then unfortunately we actually have to delete that tip we have to make sure it doesn't go forward if there's a bit of information, we can remove it. If there's too much identifying information, then unfortunately it, it doesn't go just because the anonymity is paramount to us. The phone line that Doug is answering is paid for by the board and owned by the board and owned by the program, as well as the computer and the internet. WPS, Winnipeg Police Service, is not actually the owner of that number. So they're not authorized to make any requests on that line or or do anything like that. That's something that only the board has control over and that only the board could do. So you might be asking yourself, how does this all work? Vice Chair of Winnipeg Crime Stoppers, Rob McKenzie, will explain. Once the tip comes in, the tip is put through to the appropriate Winnipeg Police Department. Then from there, it's investigated, it's followed up. And then if it's a successful tip, it's communicated back to Doug as the police coordinator. The board has an awards committee and the awards committee meets monthly. And we go through the tips and what the tips yielded. So we look at the number of arrests, the number of charges, if there were firearms, how many firearms were taken off the street, how much drugs was seized and taken off the street, how much cash was being seized, uh, things like uh, when a vehicle is recovered, the value of the vehicle. It's a group of individuals on the awards committee that talk it over and we analyze it and we say, okay, what what kind of positive impact did this have in the community? And we all agree and we all vote on, on a reward on a dollar amount. So then from that point, we deal with various businesses throughout the city where cash will be standing by and when the tipster calls back 
their in their initial call they're provided a number so that number is their identification and it's the way to link them back to that tip so you just check check up in about a month and then you give them num- the number and then they'll look it up in the system and they'll see that yes this tip was successful there has been a word issued you can go to this business at this location and you just basically walk into the business and give them the number and then they just slide an envelope over the counter it's very anonymous the the picking up of the reward is extremely anonymous the big thing is the separation between the program and the Winnipeg Police Service i'm not a police officer i'm a volunteer i believe in the program and the anonymity of the program and all board members are the same so they're all going to do everything they can to maintain that anonymity so that's where you get that separation one of the biggest misconceptions that i always run into when i'm talking to people about the program is that i have to explain to them that it's not a police program and that's where you get that anonymity from so and then of course the next thing they want to know is well how do i get the cash without being identified right so that's another big thing and you're going to these businesses and these businesses have very little knowledge or very little involvement in what's going on other than somebody's going to come here and they're going to give you this number and you're going to give them that envelope so us as the program do not want to know who you are we want to maintain that anonymity so so how does the partnership with the Winnipeg police work from our standpoint you have police officers who are accepting the tips whether that be over the phone or whether that be digitally um, we then can vet those tips uh, looking for information that is pertinent to whatever is happening we can make sure that the dresses that we're getting actually exist we can make sure that the people that are involved in these particular cases and we're talking about the information that we're receiving from the tipster not the tipster themselves. We don't know anything about the tipsters. So all the information that we get regarding the possible suspects or the person that we're receiving the tip about, we can look all that information up through the Winnipeg Police computer system. So it's a secure system. We're running it ourselves. We can then find out that information. We then pass it on to investigators. Investigations are done. Sometimes they take months, sometimes they're weeks, sometimes they're days, and sometimes it's an immediate thing. Sometimes we get calls about the whereabouts of people, and within less than an hour, we have uh, results in that particular whereabouts. We have an arrest made. Sometimes uh, we get information that goes to a specialty unit, and sometimes it takes weeks or months for them to do surveillance and all of these things. So that information is police-related. The information comes back to us We then take it and put it into a form for the board and we tell the board exactly what we've done with that information, how important it was, the type of arrests that are made, charges that were involved in it, the amount of charges that were involved in it. All of these particular matters or these these details are then put together for the board and said, this is what we've received. This is what we did with it. Now it's your turn to guys figure out for rewards. What are the, what's the value in your mind as to what these tips are, are for? I myself, have, I'm not a part of the board. I'm an informal part of the board. I go into the board meetings. Um, I don't have a voting seat in the board, but I am part of it. So I kind of have my foot on both sides of that door. I, I come to the board meetings. I understand Crime Stoppers. I, I find it an amazing program. I think it's absolutely essential with all the, the amount of tips that we get. But I also have my foot in the police side of things as well. So I'm kind of, like I said earlier, the conduit between the board and the Winnipeg Police Service 
Um, the Winnipeg Police Services allows us a, a huge amount of autonomy. They don't try and get information from us. There's never been any efforts from them to try and circumvent the rules that Crime Stoppers has. They just appreciate the information that we're getting and uh, and the results that have come from that. What kind of crimes are we talking about when it comes to a tip that's worth submitting? Crime Stoppers isn't just about solving murders. And we, and it's not just, just murders and, and bank robberies and, and really large, big crimes that we pay rewards for. We pay rewards out for any type of crime. Uh, everything from stolen autos to stolen license plates to, uh, you know, somebody's broken into somebody's garage. Drug dealing, weapons is a huge one. So improper storage. So if you know somebody that has firearms and they're improperly stored, or, you know, somebody that has firearms and they're doing straw purchases, you know, people that are wanted for warrants for even small warrants for breaches and things like that. It's not just big crimes like murders. It's any crime and every crime. If it's solved, uh, we will pay a reward for it. Now, if somebody submits a tip and a reward is issued but doesn't get picked up, what happens to the money? We will hold it, and and Doug can confirm this for me after, but I believe it's one year. Um, We'll sit on that and we'll hold that tip, and then if somebody were to call six months or a year from now, because we've actually, I've actually encountered this situation where somebody will call nine months or eight months later and say, hey, I'm just checking in on this tip, Um, and then it'll come up at the next rewards meeting. We'll evaluate the tip and yeah, we will, we will still pay out that reward and then we will make arrangements for that person to pick that up. We actually keep a record of the very basics on those tips for at least a year. Basically that, that number that you're given when you call in, we, we keep that number. Um, we'll keep track of what the tip was, the basics of it. And we keep track of um, how much the tip was, the reward was to be allotted for that tip. And if somebody calls, like you said, six to eight months later, because if you're not picking it up, there's probably a reason for it. Either it wasn't motivating factor, the money wasn't something you were interested to begin with, or quite often, sometimes people are afraid of the the consequences of their providing a tip. Um, They're worried that the, the, the anonymity part of this maybe is overblown when in fact it's not. And then they come to realize, oh, you know what? It, it, it is safe to go pick up this money. And they eight, nine months, 10 months later, they get a hold of us and say, you know what? I, I provided this tip last year. I know there was arrest on it. Uh, here's my number. Um, am I still eligible to pick that reward up? We'll tell them absolutely. The money is waiting for you. You got to call back on a certain date. We'll give you instructions on where to go to pick up that. And another, another number, which is our uh, a smaller digit number, will be provided for you. So when you go to the place that has the money, you have to give them two sets of numbers and they add them up. The people that are working there will look at them, go, yep, that's the number. That's the number. Here's your envelope. And as far as they're concerned, they don't care who you are. The transaction is completed. You walk out of that building with an envelope and you um, are gone. You've got your reward and that's the end of it. Constable Doug Singleton, maybe you can speak on how the program has made an impact on crime in Winnipeg, a city that is notorious for crime in Canada. It's basically broken down into two different categories. We have uh, people who call in in response to direct requests for information that Crime Stoppers and the Winnipeg Police have made, whether it be through the Ion Crime posting, where we're looking to identify people 
pictures from surveillance or from stores or whatnot. And then that particular matter, we're also looking, we've got our most wanted and people will call us up in response to those and say, I know that that person from that picture is this person, or I know that guy who's wanted is at this address. And then there are the people who call us up and they are providing us with information on a crime that we don't know about yet. This address, this is happening. This person is doing this. And, and to be quite honest with you, both of them are equally as important. Some of the ones that we don't know about, obviously, are a lot more, um, it's like, oh, we don't know about that yet. So that information gets passed on to specialty units. Those ones take a little bit longer usually. Um, they're investigated. And we've had some pretty huge seizures of firearms and drugs based on tips that have been provided by our tipsters. So they're taking firearms quite often loaded and drugs and people who are committing a lot of crimes off of the street for a substantial amount of time based on those tips. So I would have to say that the program is working really well. I mean, at the end of the day, even if only one tip came through that resulted in that sort of thing, then that would be successful in my mind. But we've got everything from dozens of stolen vehicles removed from the street, so they can't be used in any further crimes shoplifters that have been uh, identified because not they're not just shoplifters but they've got weapons or made a they've assaulted staff people's houses have been broken into and they've got security cameras so we were able to broadcast that photograph going do you know this person we've made numerous arrests based on information on that uh, we've had everything from homicides solved based on information that we've received that gets move to our homicide unit at a very fast rate. As soon as that comes through the door, if, it, if they're providing information to us on a homicide, we actually call the homicide unit up and say, this information's coming to you via, you know, our reporting system, just to give you a heads up. And they're pretty hot on the spot on that. They like to see that kind of information. There's been dozens and dozens of arrests, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of seizures made. I, I, I don't even, I couldn't even put a number on how many how much money worth of drugs have been seized, all based on tips that have been provided to us anonymously from tipsters. We are also finding in the in the office that I'm receiving phone calls and emails from investigators now who are requesting us put stuff on our internet site to try and identify people or the whereabouts of people or having us uh, broadcasting stuff through Winnipeg Crime Stoppers because they want to, they, they see the, the value in the information that we're, that we're providing them. They're, it's not something that we're just doing on our own anymore. We've actually got input from investigators, sergeants from units that are actually calling us, asking us to put people on the list to uh, broadcast photographs. And I find that uh, personally, I think that's a huge compliment. And that just speaks to exactly how well this program is working. Some of the things we look forward to discussing in the next couple of episodes of this podcast include catalytic converter theft, illegal tobacco, and the success of the Crime Stoppers program in Winnipeg. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find our email address on our website at winnipegcrimestoppers.org. Until next time, my name is Shalinda Kirby. And remember, see something, say something.